So you have Saul and his army on one side of a valley, and you have the Philistines on the other side of the valley. And so it's a normal battle, right? They encamp behind the scenes, then they wake up and they come out to the battle lines, the valleys in between. Israel's on one side and the Philistines are on the other side. And I think in, in the Old Testament, God's people are constantly at war. God's people are constantly at war. And what God is trying to show us spiritually, I believe, is that there's a battle waging every day. Do you believe that? There's a battle waging right now. For the souls of men, for his church, for our hearts, there's a battle being waged. Abounding in Faith is the broadcast ministry of Emmanuel Bible Church of Howell, New Jersey. If you are blessed by this message, please subscribe to our podcast or YouTube channel. You can also download our app by searching for IBCNJ in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. For more information, please visit us at www.ibcnj.org. Our speaker today is Pastor Mike Hurd. Man, I was thinking of that one song where it says, um, Sing an Alleluia with all your might. And I was wondering what that looked like. Johnny was trying to get it out of us, but I don't know if it worked that well. But, uh, you know, you think of uh, Angelo and I were talking before the service um, that David danced with all his might. David gave everything he had, everything he had to worship the king. And, man, isn't it great to just come and let it all out and just worship him as brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Um, yeah, I love, love being with you guys. Love Sunday mornings. Um, and I hope you guys are blessed. Well, Pastor Joe is taking a few weeks. And uh, he's pulled the, uh, again, he's pulled the old right, righty out of the bullpen. Uh, so please bear with me. But um, today we're going to look at a text, 1 Samuel 17. I'll ask you to please take out your Bibles. I believe in your pew Bibles, it's page 239 in most of the pew Bibles. I believe it's 239. We're going to look at uh, 1 Samuel 17. I ask you to open up your Bibles because we're going to go almost through the whole passage and there's a lot of scripture, so it's not going to be up here on the screen. Otherwise, I would have overwhelmed the secretary, and Brandon would have probably pulled the rest of his hair out, whatever he's got left. Um, so, yeah, so please open up your Bibles and follow along. It's a familiar text. Um, when I used to, when my kids were younger, I had two boys, my wife and I, uh, Mike and Matt. And when they were younger, we had one of those children's Bibles, those story Bibles. I used to love that. And every night before they went to bed, I would, we would, I would tuck them in. And every night we'd go through a Bible story. And uh, this was their favorite. We did this over and over and over again. Uh, it's the story of David and Goliath. And what, what I would do is I would act it out. And guess what part I played? <laughs> Correct. Um, I was Goliath and my sons were David. And I constantly got popped in the head, fell on the floor, probably about three or four times a night. But... Uh, they loved every minute of it. But so what a great passage that we're going to look at today. I encourage you please to follow along in your Bibles. But before, before we even get into the passage, um, just a couple of thoughts, a couple of questions. My message today, I'm going to share a personal story. And I'm an emotional guy, so please bear with me. Um, God is just so faithful. Um, 
And uh, what I want to do is, through my personal story and what he showed me in this passage, I pray that you guys are blessed and challenged just as I was. Um, but who here, who here has felt God was calling them to do something? Who here responded no or just didn't do anything about it? And so that's kind of where I was at. And so I want to, what I want to talk about this morning is there's a lot of things that stops us from serving God. But one of the biggest ones is fear. One of the biggest ones is fear. And um, I should know because I'm the king. I'm the king of it. Um, and so it, with fear, the fear of inadequacy or that, uh, the fear of inadequacy, the fear of inability, uh, humiliation, um, it's relentless. It's relentless. Trust me, I know the feeling all too well. Uh, that little voice inside you keeps repeating, you are not able, you are not able, you are not able. And um, as some of you know, by God's grace, uh, I came on staff here this week, um, really in awe and blessed by that. Uh, Monday morning I showed up and I sat at a table right there and my eyes just started welling up with tears. So I was like, wow, Lord, I can't believe you're allowing me to be a part of your work. And so, yeah, and so I started this week, but right up until this week, right up until that day, I'm going to take you, I'm going to walk you through a journey that I went on the month before last week. The month before last week. About a month ago, it was 6-13th, I remember the morning oh so well. Uh, I worked in marine construction and it was a morning, it was a day where we were working the tide, so we started late in the morning and so I was able to wake up in the morning and go out on my back porch, which I didn't normally do. A guy went out on my back porch and I was hearing that small little voice in my head and that head was saying to me over and over and over and over again, you are not able. You are not able. You are not worthy. You're not worthy. Maybe it's a mistake, Lord. Maybe, maybe everybody's making a mistake up to this point. Maybe I should stay in construction. I'm doing pretty good. Maybe I should stay here. Well, that morning at 6.13, I woke up and I'm on my back porch and I cried out to God. I said, God, I need to hear from you. Lord, please just talk to me. So I sit down with my Bible, this one right here, and uh, I have it in front of me. And there's a couple of, uh, I don't know about you guys, but there's a couple of corners on the page that are bent over. Does anybody get that in their Bibles where the corners bent over on your page? I hate that. Does everybody else have to straighten them out? I have to straighten them out every time. So me being the spiritual John I am, I'm having this emotional thing and I see these cor two corners and I'm just taken right out of the spiritual moment and I'm looking at these two corners and I'm saying, all right, Lord. So I open it, I straighten it out and I said, all right, Lord, maybe you have something for me right here. And so by faith, I open up to 1 Samuel chapter 17, that's where the corners were folded and I open it up and I, I see the story of David and Goliath, and I'm like, Lord, I know the story by heart. I did the story 50 million times with my sons. This isn't what I need right now. This isn't what I need right now. So the corner, there was a couple pages. So I went the other way. I said, all right, Lord, maybe you got something there. I tried that. Not there. And I said, all right, Lord, don't try this at home. 
I, I, don't, don't, try, don't try this at home where you're just trust, trusting on a couple of bent pages, but it worked that morning. So I go into 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17, and God does something beautiful. He does absolutely something beautiful. And so, <clears throat> I'm going to take you on that journey. So let's stand for the reading of God's word. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. And hopefully you're in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I just want to read the first three verses this morning. Follow along with me. It says, Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Sukkah, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Sukkah and Asakah in Ephesdemim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in the line of battle against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your spirit. Lord, just guide us into your truth. Challenge us, Lord. Uh, Lord, I pray that I get out of the way and that it would be all you. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so please be seated. So here we are, 1 Samuel 17. Everybody's familiar with this passage. The first thing we see right off the bat in verse, in verse 1 is there's a battle taking place. There's a battle taking place. So a battle is a hostile encounter or engagement between opposing forces. A battle is a hostile encounter or engagement between opposing forces. God's people, Israel, throughout the Old Testament are constantly at war. Amen? You see it over and over and over again. They're constantly at war with an enemy. And specifically, let's, uh, if you look at verses 1 and 3, we have the enemy of God's people, if you're following on your fill-out, the enemy of God's people. In verse 1 and 2, we're introduced to the opposing forces. All right, so you have Saul and his army on one side of a valley, and you have the Philistines on the other side of the valley. And so it's a normal battle, right? They encamp behind the scenes, then they wake up and they come out to the battle lines, the valleys in between. Israel's on one side and the Philistines are on the other side. And I think in, in the Old Testament, God's people are constantly at war. God's people are constantly at war. And what God is trying to show us spiritually, I believe, is that there's a battle waging every day. Do you believe that? There's a battle waging right now. For the souls of men, for his church, for our hearts, there's a battle being waged. And so God reminds, that, reminds us of that in the Old Testament, how Israel is constantly at war with one another. And here in our text, right, we have Israel on one side, we have the Philistines on the other side. So the, the enemy of, of God's people in this particular case is the Philistines. Constantly like a thorn in the flesh with the Philistines. Constantly battling against God's army. And still, still are. Still are. Amen. Amazing, right? Uh, God's word is just so true. And so, ultimately, I want to remind us this morning that in the Old Testament, we see that picture of constant battle. Guys, we're in a constant battle and we have an enemy. Do you realize that? And that enemy is Satan. 
All right? And it's not just Satan. We battle, we actually, the Word of God tells us we battle three things. The world, our flesh, and the devil. And so we're a constant war. We're a constant war. In fact, Ephesians 6.12 says this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Paul here in Ephesians writes to the church of Ephesus, reminding them, guys, this is a battle that we're in. Sometimes as a church, in, in Ephesus, the same thing was taking place. We get so comfortable, don't we? 1 Peter 5.8 says this, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may desire, devour. Isn't that an intimidating picture? And he never stops. He never stops. He's relentless. He's relentless. And so go back to our text. So the reminder this morning is, is that we have an enemy. And we're battling, just like David here, and God's army with the Philistines. Let's go back to our text in 1 Samuel, and let's look at verses 4 through 10. If you're there, say amen. All right, look at verses 4 through 10. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And his shield bearer went before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And so I love the details in this text. We have an enemy, right? Right here we see the enemy of God, right? The enemy of God is the Philistines. We have an enemy. But I, wanted, I love the details in this text of how intimidating the enemy can be. Can our enemy be intimidating? Amen? Well, look at the, how intimidating he describes, and there's so much detail. First, Goliath is, in verse 4, is described as a champion. A champion is, in a biblical and ancient Near East literature is a man who steps out to fight between two battle lines. This man is a fighter. This man can fight. He's got a lot of experience. I love what King Saul says in verse 33. He says, he has been a man from his youth. This man has been fighting. He's got experience. And then in verse 4 it says, whose height was six cubits and a span, which is nine foot nine. Did you hear that? This guy is nine foot nine. That's like three and a half foot bigger than... He's up here. Helmet of bronze on his head. Armed with a coat of mail. The coat of ma uh, mail weighed 5,000 shekels. This coat that he's wearing is 125 pounds. 
125 pounds. This guy's a beast. A coat of mail is like, it's like the, um, it's like the scales of a fish, and it's metal, and it, they fold over each other. So what that does is protect them from a sword or a spear. His bron he had bronze armor on his legs. He had a javelin of bronze. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. I, I think it had like a four by four. And the head of his spear weighed 600 shekels, 15 pounds. If I went into war with this thing, I'd be dragging it along on the ground. This guy's carrying it as a spear. He's ready to throw it. Imagine what a beast this man is. This guy's huge, experienced, champion, strong, and dressed like a tank. Talk about intimidating. And I don't think God added all those details by mistake. I think he added it for a truth. So often we're intimidated to go out and do what God is calling us to do. And it, it could be very intimidating to go out. We went out yesterday. Um, three teams went out to the neighborhood, knocking on doors, sharing the gospel. And uh, I have to be honest, the very first door we, we knocked on, my knees are shaking. <laughs> You're scared, right? It's intimidating. And so often, because of our fear, the church of Jesus Christ is sitting in pews. We're called to further God's kingdom. We're called to share the gospel. And what do we do? We shrink back. Don't we guys? Let's look at each other. I know that morning I needed to hear this because I was shrinking back. We shrink back. We're called to further his kingdom. God's army right here, Israel, is called to further his kingdom against the Philistines. And we're called to do the same. Well, here's what kind of jumped out at me in the, in the text. Let's look at how God's people respond. That's your, and you're filling on your, if you're filling in notes, we're going to look at the response of God's people. And God's army responds in fear. Look at verses 11 and verse uh, 24. Let's read them together. Verse 11 says this, When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. If you knew the original language, it means they were shaking in their boots and they could hardly stand in place. Their legs were quaking and they were falling at the sight of this guy. Verse 24 says, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. So we see their reaction. Instead of confronting the battle, instead of moving out, what were they doing? They were running away. They were cowering away. So we see God's army respond in fear. And what's amazing about the text is in verse 16 it says, For 40 days and for 40 nights, Goliath came forward and challenged the people of Israel. And for 40 days, they cowered. They were a lot like us. I know they were a lot like me that morning. We're not much different. We're not confronting the enemy. We sit in our holy huddles and we don't advance God's kingdom. And I know that's the way I felt that morning. I was cowering in fear. 
And then God showed me what is the next point. God's man responds in faith. God's man responds in faith. In our text this morning, I'm just going to set the scene a little bit. In our text, David's father, Jesse, sends David to the battle lines to bring some supplies to his three brothers that are in King Saul's army. David arrives early in the morning, just as Israel's army is heading out to the battle line. And verse 23 says this, Goliath came out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before, and David heard them. This is David's first exposure to this human tank. All right. David sees this human tank, right? And his first response, how does a man of faith respond? Listen to what he says. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? David doesn't respond in fear. David responds in faith. Moves forward. But why the different response? Why did all of God's army cower in fear? And why did one man move forth in faith? <clears throat> and it's perspective. It's the perspective of God's people. Read with me. Everybody follow along, please. Read with me verses 31 through 37. 31 through 37. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul. And he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him, meaning Goliath. Your servant will go down and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth. And he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered him out of the mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the law of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. And so when I was sitting there that morning, it just jumped off the page at me, and I hope, I hope you guys are following this. It was perspective. King's Saul's perspective. What did he say to David? He said, you are not able. You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth. And he has been a war from his youth. You don't know how I underlined that, highlighted that. You are not able. I was hearing that for a month. You are not able. Just what God had for me that morning when I went to His Word. I had that same perspective 
an earthly perspective. Listen, when Saul saw Goliath, he's pretty imposing force. Can David go up against this guy? Can David go up a guy against a guy like Goliath? From an earthly perspective, no. He can't. He's unbeatable. But if we have a different perspective, if we have the perspective of David, David responds with a heavenly perspective. Saul responds with an earthly perspective. David says this in verse 36. He says, this uncircumcised Philistine has defied the armies of the living God. This guy who's not of God, he can't be somebody who's of God. The Lord who delivered me, he recognized that the God, was the God was the one who delivered him from the bear, from the lion, and that he knew that God would deliver him. David realized it wasn't him. It was never going to be him. It was God all the time. And you don't know what that did for me that morning. It's not me. It's not us. It's him. The Lord will deliver you out of my hand. Look, look with me at verses one, 41 through 46. And I'm almost done. 41 through 46. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come out to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and with spear and with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hands. Is that awesome? Is that awesome? That's a man who's moving forth in faith. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what he, how big he is. I know who I got on my team, who's on my side. The Lord will deliver me, Dave says. David says, and it's not David, it's not us, it's him in us. It's him in us. Listen to that, guys. Don't shrink back in fear. Stop. We got a, a, an ally on our side who promises... All right, back to my, my, my spiritual journey. I'm struggling the whole month. It didn't matter. This, whole, this, this passage encouraged me for that day. The next day I was back in my pit. That's how we act, right? And so I, uh, this, on 7-8, I, I, I kept a journal of all the things that God kept showing me. Amazing, guys. Um, so the day that I leave my job, which is not last Friday. It was the Friday before. It was 7-8. It was uh, July 8th. I'm all excited. I'm on my way home. I'm praising God. I said, Lord, I can't believe you're giving me the opportunity to do this. I called Jerry B. I said, Jerry, this is some thoughts that I have. I can't wait to roll up my sleeves, man. Let's get into this ministry. This is exciting. We come to the church that night, and Kelly and Dan are getting married. It's such a beautiful thing to be a part of. And on the way home, I'm driving home from the rehearsal dinner, and I'm like, Lord, I can't do this. Lord, I'm not able to do this. I think we might have made a mistake. I got to... So the same thing happens. I wake up the next morning. I'm on my back porch, and I said, Lord, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
And so I click on Bible Gateway and I said, Lord, I need to hear from you. I click on Bible Gateway. And this is when I just hit the floor. Guys, I'm not making this up. I'm saying to myself, I am not able. I click on Bible Gateway and this verse comes up to me, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able. (sighs) Guys, I just fell on my face. Now to him who is able to do more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power that works within us. We don't do this. He does it in us. When we respond by faith and not by fear, God can accomplish great and wonderful things through us who step out in faith. Who step out in faith. Guys, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's roll up our sleeves and let's go into the battlefield. Three applications this morning. Three applications this morning and then I'll be finished. Three things, guys. Listen to these, please. This is beautiful. Right from the passage of Scripture, God accomplishes three things in us when we step out in faith. Look with me at verses 34 through 37. Please look at these. These are beautiful. 34 through 37. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it from the mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. When you, listen, God asks you to just take steps of faith. Lord, I'm going to share the gospel with this person. Lord, I'm, I'm just going to be faithful to church. Lord, I'm just, I'm going to get into a Bible study with this young person, and I'm going to lead them in a Bible study. And as we take steps of faith, you see it right here, as we take steps of faith, guess what happens to our faith? It grows. It grows, guys. But if we shrink back, and we don't respond in faith, we don't grow. And so you see, David was able to face the Philistine because by faith, in the past, he faced other obstacles. And so when we step out in faith, God does something beautiful. He grows our faith. That's number one. Number two, this is even better. I love this one. Look at uh, verse 51. Look at verse 51. Is everybody there? He said, all right, so David steps out in faith. In verse, verse 51, it says, they, Then David ran, stood over the Philistine, and took his sword, and drew it out of his sheath, and killed him, and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout, and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. So that the wounded Philistines fell on the way from Shamron all the way to Gath and Ephraim. Do you see what kind of effect David's faith had? What kind of effect did it have? The rest of the army is like, let's go. Let's go to war. So when you step out in faith, 
you don't know whose life you're impacting. What a beautiful, what a beautiful illustration of when we step out that God uses us to inspire others. God uses us to inspire others. And so don't miss the details. In the, in the beginning, remember, they were fighting. Where were they were fighting? They were fighting in Israel in verses 1 and 2. And now the Israel, Israel's army is going from Israel and chasing the enemy all the way into enemy territory. They're furthering God's kingdom. They're not just sitting back, but they're pushing forward, moving the gates of hell and furthering God's kingdom. I love it. And so I wrote the... Guys, are you ever inspired by somebody else that takes a step of faith? Tell me it doesn't work. Let God use you. I wrote a thing, few things down. We had a couple here, retired. Retired couple. What did they do? They didn't go down to Florida and collect seashells. They stayed here and they put together a ministry that is showing the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to the community. That was a step of faith. We have another couple who stepped in after them and now they just poured out their heart, their soul, their investment, everything they had, they poured into this ministry. That inspires the living daylights out of me. We got a person here who's kind of on the quiet side, reserved. They just stepped up and took on a ministry. You know what that does to me? That inspires the living daylights out of me. To see somebody say, you know what? I might be weak, but in him I'm strong. I got story after story. I got a person who came to me a couple weeks ago and uh, said to me, Mike, I really, really want to disciple someone. I would really love to invest in somebody's life, but I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not able. So what did they do? They went out and bought some booklets. They bought, invested in some study guides, and now they're scheduling to meet with this other young lady and disciple them. Guys, that's fighting through the fear, and that's reacting by faith. Two beautiful results when we step out in faith. It emboldens us. If you step out in faith, it emboldens you. And number two, it inspires others. And I swear this is it. But there's one more that is the most glorious of all. When we step out in faith, look with me at verse 46. Look with me at verse 46. This is the greatest part of the text. I'm going to go back to... Um, yeah, 46. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. Why? That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves. And so when we step out in faith, what happens? God is glorified. God gets all the glory. He is magnified. He's made famous. That should be the greatest desire of our hearts. The greatest incentive that he is glorified. Um, yeah, so guys, just join me. So God encouraged me through this faith journey in the last month. I was really struggling. And God just kept telling me over and over and over again, Mike, it's not you, it's me. Just take a step of faith. 
And so guys, let's all of us who raised their hand earlier in, in the service and said, yeah, I've been called to do something, and I said no a few times, let's say yes. Let's say yes, because we're going to react by David. We're going to have the right perspective. We're going to know that it's not us, it's God in us. Amen? 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 I know everybody's falling asleep, I'm sorry. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21, and I'll end with this. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask and think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, um, Lord, you know our hearts. Uh, you know, Lord, the battle that we face. Uh, Lord, you know our doubts, our fears. You know every single heart here, Lord. You know your thoughts of each individual here, Lord, are just today or without number. And Lord, we're just bowed before you and we're just asking by faith, Lord, we want to be David. Uh, Father, we want to further your kingdom. We want to advance your kingdom, Lord. We want to go out into enemy territory, Lord. We want to be bold for Christ. So, Lord, change our perspective. Help us to renew our minds and recognize it's not us. It's never been us. It's you in us. Father, empower us, embolden us, Lord. We want to see your kingdom flourish for your glory and for your namesake. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the previous message. We pray that you were blessed by it. For more information, please visit us at www.ibcnj.org.